Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. Whether it's, you know, slightly blurry or overexposed or whatnot, um, I think that's the important part about living with your photos in your home is that they bring you joy when you see them. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 45. What you just heard is an excerpt from last week's episode, the first half of the conversation you'll hear today. I'm joined by my Simple Scrapper teaching assistant, Kim Edson, for a casual chat that continued well beyond our original outline. Reflecting further on some of the topics mentioned in episode 43 with Alyssa Williams and beyond. For this and all of our episodes, you can find any of the links mentioned over at simplescrapper.com slash podcast. Now let's jump back into my conversation with Kim. At our 2020 planning party, we've talked all about how you can do your own personal planning. We've talked about our plans in this, this 2020 membership packet. And I will include the link include the link to the planning party in the show notes for you guys. Um, but I'm curious, Kim, of everything we're doing next year, what is, what is one thing that you're most excited about? I'm excited about the storytelling month. That's always been ah. like a really key part of scrapbooking or why, as opposed to just like making photo albums or just straight up photo books. That's part of why I enjoy the scrapbooking side of things are the stories to share and to tell. And that's not something that we've really focused a lot on in the past. So I think that'll be interesting. You know, it's funny because we have and we haven't. Um, for a long time, we released storytelling prompts to our members, our story starters. True, true. Um, I wrote a lot of those. You wrote a lot of those. Them, so I guess I should have realized that. But I think um, it'll just be a different take on it, I think, the storytelling. So yeah, we've done it. It's kind of, it's been like an ongoing underlying theme of here's ways that you can take these things in your life and turn them into a story. Because sometimes it's, it, if you don't naturally, your brain doesn't naturally go that way. You might have it hard. You may, it may feel difficult to figure out what is it that I really want to say here? What does this really mean? And the prompts kind of send you down that direction. But you're right. This is really the first time we will kind of all gather together with the concept of how can we tell our stories better? How can we add more meaning to even projects that don't have a lot of words? How can we tell story through our photos choices, through the supplies that we choose? And, you know, just put the simple scrapper spin on storytelling in a way that we haven't yet. So I think that'll be fun for sure. What theme do you, are you looking forward to? I'm excited about find your way month, which I guess is no surprise because no, this no. is the Scrapbook Your Way podcast. Um, and I'm excited about this because it's during that month, I will be teaching one of two different classes that I've already developed. 
Um, and sometimes, you know, as a, a business owner, it's tempting to keep reinventing the wheel and always develop new classes when the stuff you made in the past is stays relevant, or maybe there's people that haven't taken it. So we have a class called Simple Scrapbooking School. It's one of like the f- most favorite classes I've ever developed. And, you know, you'll, if you've been listening to the podcast, you'll recognize some of the concepts, but it's a way of kind of walking through step-by-step to really hone in on what is your way. How do you best scrapbook in a way that feels fulfilling and satisfying and simple to you? Um, If you are a new listener to the podcast, one thing that you need to understand is that our definition of simple is, is your way. It's what works best for you because so that might look like doilies and flowers and lots of layers, or it might look very clean and simple and magazine-like or use digital tools. It's really about what comes, what feels natural and easy to you, what feels creatively fulfilling, even if it takes time. Um, That's our brand of simple. It's not necessarily about a certain style or a certain lack of supply usage. It's really about you and cultivating that practice that fits you and keeps you scrapbooking and feeling connected to scrapbooking and the community as a whole. Well, and I think you had mentioned too about like revisiting different content. Like even if you've gone through it before, I mean, obviously like I've gone through a lot of these classes before, but every time if we revisit something, you know, I'm in a different place than I was when I did this, you know, three years ago, five years ago. So even within my hobby, as it evolves, you know, I, I, as I evolve, I guess my hobby evolves with me. So it's definitely worthwhile to revisit it, even if you've done it in the past, I think. So, um, that was, I was not, you know, I feel like I'm kissing up, but that was definitely like the second one that caught (laughs) my eye as far as themes, because yes, that's something that's kind of near and dear to my heart as well. Well, and I think this is another class that like our pop-up workshops, it, it's not that involved. It's just a series of steps that you take and things that you do. And like a, there's a nice little workbook that goes with it. And at the end, you will have a very clear picture of your way as a scrapbooker. Um, so I, I love having classes like that that don't feel intimidating, that don't take forever. You know, we also have the Before Your Story class in our library, which is a like six-week plus type of workshop with a, it's a really big project-based class. This is not like that. This is something that you could really, in theory, do in a weekend if you wanted to sit down and do it that way. It'll be fun. All right, Kim. So what I want to do is to just reflect back on the month that we've had. So this was plan your year month and share just one final tip to close things out. So do you have a planning related tip to share with our audience? I think the big one that always jumps out to me is one that we talk about in the membership a lot. And I think it was featured in the uh, scrapbook your way workbook as well. But the idea of asking yourself like what worked well this year and what didn't work so well, and that can really help dictate what your plan is going forward. So there's no reason to make things harder than they need to be. At some point, if you can find something that's working well, just keep doing it. Um, yeah, I mean those are the those are the core questions. And if those questions are new to you, I need you to skip 3 episodes back to episode 41, which is the plan your year episode, which walks you through this process step by step and, you know, 
not only gives you these prompts, but I give you my reactions as well. So you can see like what I'm thinking about, where I'm taking those questions. And then so then you can apply those to your own life. Um, There's a companion worksheet as well. So you can be jotting down your answers as you go. That's really like, they're simple questions, but it's a really powerful exercise. And I think so often that you will have so many surprises. Once you like actually think about it, you realize, oh yeah, this kept working well. And maybe you weren't paying attention to it because it was working so well. But then you kept beating your head against the wall on this other thing, even though you liked it, it was pretty, other people were doing it, but maybe there's something about it that isn't gelling with your own personal process. So those questions are just, they're perfect. So thank you for that tip, Kim. Okay, and do you have a tip? Yeah, so... I think it's just this idea that you really need to be realistic and in two perspectives. One, you need to think about all the things that are going to be going on in your year. When are you going to have more time and energy and when are you going to have less and taking all the things that you want to do and maybe cutting that in half and and really thinking about what are my core priorities? And that's the other part of it is that you really have time for what you want to do and what's most important and to to know that that time is there if you have the one, two, maybe three priorities that you want to achieve in the year. And if you can get those things done, you are far better off than all those people out there who are just letting their photos hang out on their phone until their phone falls in the water and they lose them all. So as a scrapbooker, a memory keeper, a person who wants to take charge of your photos, you are well ahead of the game. And so if you can just do three more things next year, uh, I think you'll feel a lot of satisfaction in that. Well, and I know... I think it was last year you would talk about the idea of each quarter or seasonally choosing like your two or three priorities, but you had mentioned one thing that actually I took very much to heart and found that was helpful was the idea of like maybe set two priorities and leave one open for whatever just like pops up, right? Yes. So there's all these new, like whatever you get excited about, well, then you haven't overcommitted yourself to these other priorities. You have the time and the energy and the opportunity to, you know, I guess, run forward with that idea or that project or whatever that just popped up on your radar. It doesn't have to get put on the back burner indefinitely because you've already planned out your year of projects. So I think it's like planning with intention, but also the intention to be flexible with it at the same well, time. Well, that idea of like planning, like creating emptiness, holding space. Um, we, you know, when we've read I don't remember which decluttering book it was, but this is several years ago. They talked about when you're like designing bookshelves for your home or whatever, you need to plan to have space on those bookshelves for the books you're going to buy in the future. (laughs) So if you plan it so perfectly that it fits all the books you have now, what are you going to do when you buy another book? So you need to make sure you're you're planning and, 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 and setting your vision for the future with that space in mind for all those things that will t- that will come in the future and that you may not even know will come in the future. It just creates that opportunity and that opportunity for you to say yes to something that um, might come across your path. Speaking of last week's episode, um, I have so many thoughts about planners. So I, I'm sure you did. I oh, like I'm still recording this now. So in case we oh, want to insert this, okay. because that was actually good. I now I'm remembering I was going to have that as like a pre-conversation too. So tell me your thoughts. Well, and the thing is I was like driving around, right? Like running errands. So I almost have to go back and listen to it to hear, to hear it again, to see what like they triggered. But my one thought, cause I know you, I don't, I haven't finished the episode yet, but you talked about the Panda planner. I think it was on Instagram or in the group that you had it in your cart. Yeah. You can, they have, um, 
like free downloads of the images. So that's what I had done is I had printed it out and then just like trialed it for a few weeks to see if it was something that I even found that I liked. Um, and so that is super helpful because again, I'm not all about committing, you know, until I've tried it a little bit. Um, and then I had started with the Panda Pro because I'm also very much like Alyssa, I need the big space. Um, mm-hmm. Which is otherwise, I just always felt like cramped and tiny, like it was hard to write in there. Um, so I like the bigger one, but I felt like I didn't need like a full page for like each day. I mean, sure. And I found like a lot of times I would make these just like ongoing lists. Well, obviously, I didn't get them done in a day, right? Um, so then I was always like transferring them over to like the next page. So now I have the Panda. I think it's the weekly and it's, and I don't know if you like it cause it's vertical columns, but, uh, again, you can always like print out the little trial thing. But what I like about it is, so it's a two page spread for, well, there's like the months in the front and then each week there's kind of a planning goal setting kind of thing. And then there's a two page spread that's, there's like a eight columns across the two pages. There's one that's like kind of a notes kind of spot. And then there's a column for each day of the week. Um, and then what I like about that is cause if I don't finish something on like Monday, I just draw an arrow over to Tuesday if I want to do it there. Right. And then with that little notes column is as stuff comes up in my head, rather than like adding it to like today's list, because I'm not gonna have time to do it today, but I don't want to forget about it. I put it in the notes column. And then my goal is kind of at the end of the week to see like, okay, what's left in there? Is there anything I can knock out really quick? Or does that need to become a priority for like the next week? So that has worked really well for me. So I like the I like the soft cover, especially after seeing yours. Like I can't imagine getting a hard cover. Like I don't feel like I'd like that tactile experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so the weekly is also eight and a half by eleven. I'm looking at it right now. I'm curious how your brain sees us as different from the get to workbook. I never got a get to workbook, so I can't say that I used it. Cause it's very, it's very similar, except you have some more, like there's the boxes are more specific. Oh, as far as like what you put in the boxes. Yeah. Like these boxes are labeled, whereas the ones in the get to work book are a little more open. So I think, so in the past I had just used like a day timer or something. It was primarily yeah. just to keep track of, um, basically to do lists and then, you know, my calendar and this, I like, I do like the prompts because I was never, people talk about like they're big picture planning. And I never felt like I really had big picture planning. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what my goals are. Um, so I feel like this kind of gives me an opportunity because there are prompts for the month. So you can kind of look ahead, like what you want to accomplish this coming month and then each week. And then it breaks down to day, day by day. Um, and I do like there's prompts for like to start the day with gratitude. Um, and then there's one that's like, I'm excited about, which Honestly, when I first started with these planners a year ago, like there were, I just, there's some days I'm like, I'm not really excited about anything. And how sad is that? But then it became quite clear. Like if I want to be excited about something, then it's up to me to like create that. Right. So like maybe I have like a new scrapbook project. I'm excited about that. Or, um, you know, like fine, we're going to, we're doing a movie night. And so I'm excited about that. So it's like to create those opportunities in my life. So it's very like that gratitude focus really speaks to me. So I think that's the big reason I keep looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. And then there's like habit trackers. 
um, that I'm not always very consistent on. It does have in the weekly, um, it's like the hourly schedule, which I do use. And then, so it's like, I'm just opened it up. So it's grateful, excited about priorities. So it's like spot for like three priorities and then your schedule. So I do write my schedule in there for the week, but then I kind of to the side, if I have other things beyond like my three priorities that I want to try to remember, I will like put that in there too. So it does get a little probably cluttered, but it definitely works. I don't feel like it's hard. And if I get to the point where I feel like I'm overwhelmed and it seems like it's too much, then I just pull out a highlighter and it's kind of that whole Becky Higgins thing. I was like, okay, what's, what needs to be done next. And then I'll just highlight it and that helps me focus. But well, I think that's why I'm attracted to the daily one is that is the the degree of focus because when I've tried weekly in the past, I get so hyper-focused on the week as a whole and it feels overwhelming. Like, how am I going to get all these things done? I've got so much going on. Like, whereas looking at a day, I'm like, okay, today I had two appointments. I can handle two appointments. And in the spaces, I will do all the, the things that are on the checklist. Um, but if I'm looking at the whole week, I'm like, well, that is like a 10 appointments and you know, my brain makes, gets really unhappy. I think I just pretty much, I like seeing the week as whole to kind of get a feel for where I can fit in the things that I want to do. And then really from day to yeah. day, I just, I don't set my priorities for the whole week. I set those like probably the night before, the or, night before. or the day of. So, um, uh, kind of going off track here, Terry Torres, a member in our group had shared several months ago. I think it was sometime this summer. It was an article about and it kind of kind of set up putting, setting up an accountability partner type situation with um text. So you would text a person your three priorities that you wanted to accomplish that day. So you'd like text them in the morning and then you would text again like in the evening to say like I'm one for three or three for three or whatever. And then in the yeah. evening text, you're supposed to set your priorities for the next day. Nice. So um I we kind of developed a relationship with this lady that was in um, Gretchen Rubin's happiness app or whatever her class. Um, and she's somewhat local. And so we've met and she's a scrapbooker and um, it has been, so I, I kind of asked her, we we're setting up something kind of within the Gretchen Rubin app. And then we just evolved it to texting. And that has been very eye opening for me because I realized how often I wouldn't set a priority because I didn't know which I wanted to do everything. Right. And I, obviously you don't have time to do everything. So to have to learn to focus, to pick, okay, like what, if I was going to get three things done tomorrow, what three things, one, either like need to be done. Cause there's a deadline or two would feel like the most rewarding, like at the end of the day, like that was a good day. I got this done. Or sometimes it's stuff that I don't want to do, <laughs> but if I put it out there, it does create a sense of accountability to follow through. And it's, she's not going to like beat me up. She doesn't care if I cleaned up my refrigerator, but just kind of stating that intention makes me more mm -hmm. apt to actually do it. So the priority section, the, the fact that there's three of them. So that's the other thing I think with the daily is I would set the, there's like five priorities and then I would just keep, just keep adding them and all the little check marks blow. So I would have like you know, 17 priorities. I think this clearly <laughs> identifies what I want to work on for the day. Well, yeah, I would say that having five priorities and all the checkbox below on the daily, that's a lot for a single day. Like sometimes I feel like I had a good day if I got one thing done. <laughs> oh yeah. So I think, well, and with you, 
didn't you say that you didn't necessarily think about the day by day? You looked at like the big picture, like I need to get this done, this done, this done. So I think, well, I think that's how I plan for like a given week. Like these are the things I need to get done. Like usually before a milestone, like right now it's before we leave for Thanksgiving. Like these are all the things that needs to get done, but usually it's a week. Here's all the things I need to get done before Monday. Um, But I, I, I found that it, has felt a little more overwhelming and it was in talking through that episode I realized I really like my system Trello is working well but I'm having a little bit of trouble with daily focus like what is it that I actually need to do today Um, and picking those three things because sometimes I work on things that are more exciting than maybe more important or even urgent (laughs) yeah no and that like I need to create some urgency around some things like even editing the podcast episodes, like I, I should do that a little bit sooner. You know, we're recording this on what is today, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday. I should edit this afternoon or even tonight, but I probably won't, <laughs> but I should. And so things like that is where I, I'm needing some focus. Um, I actually bought yesterday a little five star, you know, it's the little mead spiral notebook that is how many inches is this? It's like four and a half by six and a half. It's very small. Okay. But just big enough that I can create like a numbered like, you know, seven through nine, you know, the whole hours of the day yes. to, to write any appointments down and then have a little checklist to the right of it. So that's what I'm like starting with right now. But hearing you talk about the gratitude aspect, I think is where I think something else might might be beneficial or I just need to make that part of what I'm doing in this notebook, too. Well, I already was doing just like a gratitude, like every night before bed, I would try to write down like three things I was grateful for or whatnot. So I was, so that just kind of translated into the planner. Um, I feel like what it sounds like, um, that whole resistance to diagnose me, well, to like hearing (laughs) the priorities, right? Like that's what you're resistant to is like identifying it and then doing it. Right. Well, yeah, I guess. Like, I always know here's all the stuff. How do I pick what's the next thing to do? And how do I, what's the best use of my time today? So and sometimes it, that's what's the best use of my time and my energy today because I may not have the energy for certain things, you know? Yeah. So it sounds like it's like analysis paralysis, right? Oh, certainly sometimes, yeah. So like I'm getting a lot of stuff done, but sometimes like I will do a low-hanging fruit that's two weeks out because I know I can. (laughs) So maybe that's more of an accountability type issue. Like, is there like, that's what I have found with working with this, um, texting back and forth with this gal is that it forces me to choose. Right. And, um, like I said, like sometimes it's, we talked about being like realistic or whatever for planning. Uh, I'm not always very realistic. I will put something on the list and I'm better about it now because we've been doing it I don't know, for probably like three months now or two months. Um, But I would want something to be done, even though I wasn't going to have time to do it. But I'd put it on the list because I just wanted it to be done with, right? So yeah, uh, that wasn't a very – because then I would feel bad at the end of the day. Like, well, I didn't get that done. Well, clearly I didn't have time to do it. Why would I have put that that expectation on me? So I think some of it is just kind of being realistic and then about like what your expectations are. And then some of it is just like, like sucking it up and doing it too. But I don't know. Yeah. And thinking about one of the things 
that's on my because I created this like weekly dashboard in Trello to have one-off tasks that aren't really part of bigger projects that don't have any like companions. It's like this is the thing that I want to do, and there's one that's been hanging out, which is redesign the website. <laughs> Which, like, that defies every single piece of advice I've ever given about, like, how to get things done and project planning and all that. Is you can't have a task that you can't do. Like, you yeah. can't do it in 15 minutes or even an hour. No. You, it can't be a task. So maybe it's like. Because it's just. Yes. Yeah. Make it into achievable tasks. Isn't that like a getting things done type concept where. Yeah. What is yeah. the next action that I need to take towards this bigger goal? Like, the goal is redesigning the website. That is not the task. Yes. The task is like pick the new font for the menu, you know, something like that. It's it's small little steps. Like I know how to do this. It's just, you know, just like everyone else, sometimes it's harder to implement than it is to to talk about. Yes. But yeah, so I think Panda Planner, I should find the free file things. They have a Facebook group, and I think that's where I had seen them first. Um, I don't know if they have them on their website as well, but I would say like, if you're interested in possibly trying the Panda Planner, I would just print out the freebie sheets and carry them around for a couple weeks and see what you think. I think that's a great idea. I actually looked for those. So I will look again and maybe they're only in the um, the Facebook group. I think that would be really handy just to like give it a try. I also think just in talking this through with you that if I took my my list for a given day and I even put like, Okay, they say there's 10 things on the list, putting priority numbers one, two, three on next to three different items so that I know those are the things that I really need to be working on. Uh, I think that type of conversation with myself is what needs to happen as well. I have to do that when I run errands because I don't really like to run errands. And if I have like, you know, 10 places to stop, it's like, so I actually do, I list them out in the order in which that I'm going to accomplish them and then I cross them off. So yes. Oh yeah. No, I, I had that one day where I like, I did a live Instagram thing where I ran all over town. I went to like eight places and, um, like actually having doing like having the list was part of it. And then also the accountability of sharing every place I went on Instagram and like talking through the whole thing also was an accountability strategy. Um, but yeah, I, cause I hate errands too. And so I save it until I have so many, yes. it takes a million years. <laughs> yes. I hear ya. All right. Well, I think I probably have more thoughts on the Panda Planner or just that planning episode. So like I said, if I haven't finished it, but I will have to go into the membership and put my two cents in. So there you go. Awesome. No, I knew you'd have some two cents Mm -hmm. and I will include this um, because I knew you'd have some thoughts. I also got a comment from Natalie about the Panda Planner too, because she loves hers too. Yeah. Well, she's the one that I, I, like, again, right? Like I'm under my little rock over here. And so she had mentioned it. I'm like, oh, what's that? That sounds good. Yeah, no, that's the first, like, I actually did a lot of research on to, okay, what are the daily planner options that are out there? And what I was looking for was basically like a six by eight sticky notepad that would have like a daily planner sheet that I could stick in whatever I wanted. I could stick it in my, you know, my power sheets. If I wanted to carry that around, I could stick it in just a spiral notebook that I'm using to like take notes at meetings, Mm -hmm. like that I could just stick it and then throw it away when I'm done. Um, but there is a very limited options of that available. Sounds like you need to uh, make a little side business. <laughs> 
Hey friends, editing Jennifer here. So Kim and I went down an administrative rabbit hole talking about some logistics and things we have planned. So I've cut a little bit out here and we circled back to uh, agreeing on a question that we want to ask our members. Like just sh show us how you are currently keeping track of the stories you want to tell. Okay. I like it. And that, that's going to be a whole variety of things. Yes. Um, and some people may not have anything. And they can share that too. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm start, I'm kind of restarting my own creative hub again in Trello uh, because this whole hybrid thing has thrown everything up. Like they threw me for a loop almost like in a good way. No, I hear you. That's me and like my photo books, right? And I should have yeah. mentioned in the thing. It's that Shannon Manton, like I had been following her. Um, yes. And it just kind of gave me the courage to say like, you know, like I can do this, right? Like, or if it doesn't work out, what am I out? Like 50 bucks, like think big, come on. So, um, my, and I actually thought at like, the beginning of the year, I was at like a weekend crap thing in April. And I was like, I should do photo books for my travel albums and scrapbook albums for everything else. And then we went on our trip in June and I was just like, I don't think I can do this. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, oh my gosh. And at some point I was just like, right, like start it. Um, though I will say I did start it with the trip that was just Dan and I, because of one, it was shorter and it felt less, there was less variety in what we did. So it felt more like continuous. So it seemed easier to actually like tackle um, mm -hmm. first of starting out, but it was, I don't know. It's, I feel like I'm definitely evolving, like my process and how I'm going to go do things going forward. I'm still kind of figuring that out. But, and again, I was going to share this in the group. I just have to get in there and share stuff, but, um, it occurred to me. So this photo book I did, I did not do like scrapbooking, right? Like it was just I mean, I did, but it wasn't like pretty paper and it was just mm -hmm. word art. It wasn't really like embellishments and things. So I'm thinking for this next one, I would like to do more of the digital scrapbooking side of things. But sometimes in the past I would do like full on digital and it's okay. I don't really like love it. I liked my paper better, but then it occurred to me that I feel like I make different choices when I'm scrapbooking digitally like full on digital as opposed to when I'm doing it with paper. So oh, yeah. my yeah. thought going for this one is to try to basically like channel like what I would do in paper and do it digitally. Right. So like white backgrounds and, um, like the types of patterns and things that I would use and like kind of the very Kathy Zielski kind of vibe. Cause you know, that's a yeah. lot of times what I do in paper. So I'm going to try to translate that to digital and see how that goes. And even like with the product, right? So depending on the designer, like the, the kit or the products that you get in a digital scrapbooking kit may or may not be the types of things that I would buy for like in paper scrapbooking. So well, what you need to do then is you use like, you need to use like Allie's digital things. Cause like the stuff that is paper first, digital mm -hmm. second, that's going to translate best to, or, um, I was on that Jessica Sprague site where she's got like yeah. Cartabella and Echo Park. And yeah. I was like, well, this is like something that I would buy in paper. So yes. if I get this product, I think that might help me make that transition easier. So I don't know. We'll see if it actually works out. 
Well, and I, it just goes to show that, you know, we're always, it's not like when we sharing these plans and ideas that we like, we have it set forever. No. It's like, no, this is what's interesting and exciting us right now. We think we see a vision for how it can support our scrapbooking. We're going to try it. We're going to work through it. We're going to make some albums and then we we'll, might do something different in the future. Yeah. And I think if you're so wedded to like one idea, like that's when you get unhappy and then you just quit. You have to be able yeah. to evolve. So, oh we'll yeah, see. for sure. I'm like, I have, I have, I'm waiting for Black Friday to try to order some of those black eight and a half by 11 albums. Mm -hmm. Cause when you said all your albums are black, I had a little moment of jealousy. Like, oh my gosh, I love just like a shelf of black albums. I can, I have like multiple shelves of them, which is why when I go to photo books, um, well, cause my thought was always, and I kind of did this, but. So how um, Stacy would assign a color for like the different themes, you know, mm -hmm. I was like, well, I could just put like a different color in the little like title slippy thing. Right. Oh, yeah. Or use like a green font instead of a black font for my places we go. But then I don't now everything's chronological anyway. So I got away from the whole setting up my layout or my albums by Library of Memory. So it doesn't really matter. But um it sounds like a good plan. Yeah. But I think it's hard to like, we often, we can see the vision of both ways of both chronological and categorical, but they don't, neither one of them on their own makes perfect sense. And I think it kind of comes back to how you organize your supplies. It's like, well, how do you think about, if you're looking for a layout, how did you think about it? And if it's a layout that could be in multiple categories, I don't, right. I don't yeah. know. To me, a lot of it was more like, I could remember like, well, the girls were this age. And so I would go to like that album. Okay. And this is also insanity. And I think I shared this once. And again, this is something I worked on, but I never followed through on. Um, but maybe it'll still come to fruition. So I created um, like a spreadsheet and I went through my albums and I wrote down like, or typed up what was in each album for like layouts, because mm -hmm. I don't really go back and look at my albums that much. And I, it was the idea of like, God, have I already told the story? And then I have like this index. So my idea was almost like kind of like library card catalogy, right? Like this is the album. These are the stories that are in this album. And then I would have like one, like six by eight album or something. That's kind of like the, I don't know, like reference type album that would tell me like, okay, I'm looking for the layout where we made um, pumpkin pie from scratch. And it's the story about like my grandma's pumpkin custard or whatever. Well, in theory, I could quickly, instead of opening up like multiple albums and looking for this layout, I could look at like my little reference book and it would tell me where to find them. That's a clever idea. I thought it sounds a little too like, um, crazy. <laughs> and at the time I was going, I was putting it together. So I have all these, um, files like PSD files where they're all in there. But the, at the time I was putting together, they, I could not, I wanted the Allie Edwards, um, albums and they weren't, I couldn't get one at the time. And then I think what she did came out with it. I didn't know if I wanted that color. And so I just never followed through with it. And the idea of like, I still will add to like older albums. Some are kind of wrapped up, but so then it was kind of the idea of like, what do I print them on? And, um, I don't know. So Again, I think it's kind of like I said in the thing, just start and then work it out as you go. Because at some point, then what am I, what have I invested? Like some cardstock and 
a six by eight album that I could use for another project. So, yeah, I mean, but that, that whole concept of you've made all these pages, how do you know where to find things? It's, I mean, it's a real challenge. I had this like thought recently um, in the past couple of days, like really going back to that question of what would you do if you could start from scratch that I might create like one album that's a, could be a series that's uh, annual highlight spread. So like maybe a two to four page spread that has like basically like timeline format similar to what we do in Before Your Story with some photos of like, here's the highlights of our year. Here's really what happened. Like Brennan moved to Texas. Emily started third grade. You know, mm-hmm. these are the big things that happened this year. And then have another series of albums, which would be the bulk of my albums, which would be the storybook albums. Because as I tell more stories like this biscuits and gravy one that are really across time, like I can see why we have the category approach, Stacey's approach, because where does that fit? Is it, I mean, I'm telling it from my 2019 perspective, but where does it really fit? And so does it matter where I fit it at all? Like, can it just be, this is the page I made about this particular story. So they kind of live independently of that chronological documentation. Um, So it's kind of best of both worlds. I don't really know where this is going and if it's feasible at this point in my, uh, I don't know, career as a scrapbooker. (laughs) Yeah. Like, can I stop everything I'm doing now and go forward from here? I don't know. (laughs) Um, It made me think of, Becky Higgins used to always do those like seasonal layouts, right? Like this is our spring, this is our summer. And it was like a two page spread or whatever. That was just an overview. And I did that like a few oh. times. Like that's nice. Yeah. Cause it was very succinct and it covered a lot of information. Um, and like there it was. And then I guess if you wanted to go in deeper, then that could go into like the story side of things. Right. Yeah. Because we ha- all have that desire to both capture like thing the things that happen, the milestones, the celebrations, the birthdays, like. But then we also want to tell deeper stories that are about really sometimes even small things, but they're significant to you, and there's a lesson mm-hmm. there. You want to leave leave that legacy behind in terms of what you've learned and what you want to share with future generations. Um, and or even processing it emotionally yourself. Like there's like two very different aspects and we, you know, have various ways of combining those in single albums, but could it be separate? I don't know. Could, could I put this, do I put all the highlights at the beginning of the albums and like volume one is the highlights and then volume two and beyond is the stories. I don't know. I'm just. No, it's an interesting concept though. Yeah. And what does it mean for all my past albums? That's the kicker, uh-huh. right? Yeah. But they're all in different sizes too. Yes. In different colors. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I'm not sure how I'm going to fit all this into the podcast or this could be at this point, it could be a another podcast episode. <laughs> Bonus. All right. Well, this was so fun. I love chatting with you and I'm looking forward to doing this every month. We'll also be doing um, quarterly episodes, uh, just as we described, kind of helping you check in with your goals and setting in, setting new priorities for the season ahead, that that start fresh concept that every season you get a chance to press the reset button and set new priorities. You don't get to have this experience just once a year. Every quarter is the perfect opportunity to really, um, you know, reframe and refresh for the season ahead. 
Thank you for listening. And remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way.